Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Come on, if God is faithful to you, give him a big praise. Has he been faithful? All my life he has been faithful. Is that your song? Amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Happy Mother's Day. I want to jump right in to our text today. And, um, you know, normally on Mother's Day, I'm looking for a message about a mother. And last week during the GLOW conference, the Lord brought me to this scripture about Gideon. And I said, well, God, that's not about a mother. That's about a man. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, you know what? I'm not sending you to preach about a mother. I'm sending you to give a word to a mother. And so I believe that the Lord has laid this word on my heart. And I just pray that he anoint me to deliver it the way that I heard him speak it to me. And I'm believing he's going to bring encouragement, peace, power, victory into somebody's life. Moms, but everybody in this room. Amen. Amen. You know what? You might be seated for a moment. I wanted to just share this because I was looking this weekend and got caught up in, you know, well, when did Mother's Day start? And realized that um, there was this woman named Julia Ward Howe. I don't know if anybody's ever studied the history of Mother's Day. I never did. And so I was just kind of looking at that. And Julia Ward Howe, in the 1870s, she wrote the Mother's Day Proclamation. She was calling mothers to arise and to work for peace. That was her heart. She was sickened by what was happening during the Civil War, the carnage, the loss of so many sons. And she was burdened for that. And she was calling moms to come together to create ways to promote peace. That's what Mother's Day originally was all about. Mother's Day for peace. The Mother's Proclamation for Peace. And that's how it began. And, you know, God gave me a word today, I believe, for some moms who have been believing for peace. Pastor John spoke it as he was leading worship today. He said, I believe that somebody in here is going to leave with some peace. And I said, amen, Pastor John. You're in my notes. Praise the Lord. But I believe that somebody's going to leave today for peace. Somebody has been believing God for peace in your home, peace in your mind, peace in your family. I have a word, I believe, for some moms, but also for every person in this room who have been praying for peace in some situations, in some circumstances, in your family, things that you have been going through. I am declaring peace today. Hallelujah. Somebody shout peace. Amen. So I'm going to jump into this text. You can turn with me if you want to to Judges chapter 6. It will come up on the screen. I'm going to read this text. But just to give you a little bit of a background of what was happening here, Deborah had actually prevailed over the Canaanite king and King Sisera. I've preached about her quite a few times. They had Sisera had ruthlessly oppressed the children of Israel for 20 years. And for 40 years, there was peace. After Deborah led Barak, you remember J.L., mighty J.L., and they, they conquered them. And the Lord, then the Israelites turned away from God. The Bible says, like they always do, they would get peace for a time, and then they would do evil in the sight of the Lord. And God would turn them back over to an enemy who had oppressed them. And this is where they are in this moment in time. God had handed them over to the Midianites. Seven years of oppression by the Midianites. But seven here speaks of completion and rest. So I need to tell some mom in faith today, get ready. There's some pressures that are coming to an end. Come on. There's some oppression that is about to cease and you and me both are entering into a season of rest. Are there any mamas claiming that today? Give God a shout. But they were a large and a vast army, the Bible said, too numerous to count. Their agenda was to destroy them, their livestock, their crops, and leave them with nothing. 
The oppression drove the Israelites to hide in caves, in mountain clefts, and strongholds. When they were reduced to starvation, come on, it took a lot for the children of Israel. When they were reduced to starvation, they finally cried out to the Lord for help. There is nothing like desperate times to get us to turn back to God. Have you ever been there? So we're going to look now in our story in Judges chapter 6, beginning with verse 11. The Bible says, you know what? Let's stand for the reading of the word. That is our custom here. Amen. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Verse 12 said, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he said, mighty hero. I love this translation in the NLT because it said, Mighty Hero, the Lord is with you. So the title of the message this morning today is Mighty Mama, the Lord is with you. <laughs> Come on, somebody give the Mighty Mamas in the house a big shout and a clap. <laughs> somebody prophesy to some moms around you and just say, You're a Mighty Mama. You're a Mighty Mama. Amen. Amen. Slip up your hands today and let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence that is in this place today. Thank you for your anointing. Father God, I stand in need of your anointing. I don't, I'm not here, Lord, to be seen. I want to decrease so that you can increase. It's not about me. It's all about you. It's all about your word. It's all about what you want to release across this house to women, to men, to teenagers, to anyone who hears the sound of my voice on live stream. Father God, I pray for your anointing to preach, and I pray that you would release least you're anointing for us to hear and receive what you have for us today in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody give him one more shout of praise if you love him. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, welcome them and say, hey, you're a mighty mama. You're a mighty daddy. Come on. You're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty woman of God. You're a mighty teenager. Amen. Amen. So we look at this story of Gideon. And he was outnumbered in this battle. The Bible said that this army was too numerous to count, that they literally swarmed the land like locusts. And you may feel like you're outnumbered in the battle that you're in right now. But I'm here to tell you that when God is for you, nothing can stand against you. God began a miracle in the heart of a man hiding in a cave, threshing wheat. In this moment, Gideon was awakened to his assignment. And in the name of Jesus, in this hour, we are being awakened to our God-given assignment and authority to become spiritual warriors for our family. Come on, mamas. For our children, for our nation, for our schools. In the name of Jesus. The prophet came to Gideon trying to survive as he was threshing wheat at the bottom of the wine press. He was hiding there. That's not where you would normally thresh wheat. But he was hiding there because if the Midianites caught sight of any wheat that he had, it would be stolen from him. And he said to Gideon, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. God called him a hero when he was acting like a zero. Hiding in a cave. Come on. 
And I know that many in this season feel like it's been one attack after another. The enemy has been working overtime against the people of God and the warfare has been another level. But it's not time to hide from the enemy. It's time to arise against the enemy. I'm here not just talking to mamas. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to the body of Christ. I know that times have been intense and the warfare has been great, but it is not time for us to go into hiding. It is time for us to come out of the cave. It's time for us to rise up in the knowledge and in the power of who God is. Hallelujah. It's time to come out of the cave. God sees power beyond your pain. And I hear the Lord say that he is calling some mighty mamas forth in this hour. Some mamas who won't back down when the enemy comes against you, but you will rise up in your God-given authority to bind the devil, to speak the word, to rebuke his agenda. Come on, let me hear from some radical mamas in the room. I hear you. Hey, there's nothing like an attack on your baby. I don't care how old they are. It gets you stirred up. Amen. It's time to get stirred up. And I believe there are some mighty mamas in this house today because you could, you could have chosen to be anywhere today. You could be anywhere right now in this moment, but you chose to be in the house of the Lord on Mother's Day. I know there are some spiritual warriors in the house this morning. There are some mighty mamas in the house today. Come on, mamas. Uh, make some noise in this place like you're going to slay your giants so your children don't have to. Come on. Mamas, make some noise until chains start breaking in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The demons start trembling. And the prophet of the Lord came to him and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty hero. Is there anybody who will admit you're only where you are today because the Lord is with you? Woo, the Lord is with you, mighty mama. The Lord is with you, mighty daddy. Come on. The Lord is with you, mighty teenager. When you know who you are in God, you are the enemy's greatest threat. I want to say that again. When you know who you are in God, you are the enemy's greatest threat. You see, the prophet found Gideon and he said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Go in the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Gideon, he replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. You see, the oppression for seven long years had affected his belief system. The enemy had not only invaded his territory, but he had infiltrated his belief system. And darkness not only invaded our country these last few years, but it infiltrated the minds of people. The enemy wanted to weaken the church. He wanted us to doubt who we are in God. And that's why you can't underestimate the power of renewing your mind. Come on. God, God began to change his mind before he began to change his circumstance. And honey, when the enemy comes against you, don't fix your eyes on the problem, but fix them on the answer. He began to come in and speak to Gideon where he was and began to change his mind. He began to change what he, how he looked at himself. And sometimes you can't change your circumstances, but you can change your mind. Sometimes you can't change your children, mama, but you can change your mind. Sometimes you can't change your job, but you can change your mind. Don't set your mind on how hard the problem is or how bad the problem is, but on how good God is. Don't set your mind on how strong the problem is coming against you, but on how strong your God is who is for you. Come on, somebody, give God a praise if you know God is for you in the house today. Seven years of abuse. Seven years of the trauma. Hey, we, we just had three years. Think about seven. For seven years, they lived under oppression. They lived under trauma. They lived under the fear. 
And Gideon saw himself as inadequate. He saw himself as small and weak. His family was poor and he was the youngest and the most insignificant even in his whole family. They were hiding in caves. They were tormented. They were intimidated daily. Can you imagine? And this experience, his experience, made him believe that he was helpless, that he was defenseless, that he was definitely not mighty. The prophet called him by who he was in God. But this season had affected his belief system. He couldn't see himself as mighty. Oh, Jesus. I'm here this morning to chase some devils out of some belief systems. These last few years has done a number on some people in this room, but I am here to chase some devils out of some belief systems in the name of Jesus. We've got to have some belief systems change. If we are going to be who God says we are going to be, if we're going to do what God has said we are going to do, if we are going to see what God says we are going to see, come on somebody, we've got to change some belief systems. We've got to begin to believe what God says. We got to believe that he, we can do what he says we can do. That we can say what he has told us to say. That we can conquer what he's told us to conquer. Come on, mighty mama. We got to chase the devil out of some belief systems. If they don't line up with what God has said, it's a lie. Hallelujah. There's a warrior in you. Come on, mighty mama. I'll say it again, a person who knows who they are in God is the enemy's greatest threat. You are not what this last season has made you believe about yourself. You are not what others have made you believe about yourself. You are who God says you are. You are the enemy's greatest threat. Woo, come on. Mama, you are the enemy's greatest threat when it comes to that child. You are the enemy's greatest threat when it comes to your family. Listen, Gideon didn't look like it when he was at the bottom of that wine press hiding. But he was the enemy's greatest threat. Woo, I didn't look like it when I was bound under a bondage of fear. And I was too afraid to open my mouth in front of anybody. But I was the enemy's greatest threat. You may not have looked like it when you were going through that divorce. But you are the enemy's greatest threat. Maybe when you were in prison, you didn't really look like it. But I'm here to tell you, you are the enemy's greatest threat. Woo. You are his opposition. The Bible says, go in the strength you have. And I will be with you. So here Gideon is. He has an encounter with the Lord. His inadequacy had a confrontation with God's identity. See, in Judges 6, verse 25, the Bible says, That night the Lord said to Gideon, Here he is. He's, he's had a confrontation. His inadequacy has had a confrontation with God's identity. He believed that he was weak, that he was poor, that he didn't have what it took to do what God was calling him to do. But he's confronted with who God is saying he is, and God gives him his first assignment now. Okay? Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God here on this hilltop sanctuary laying the stones carefully sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar using as fuel the wood of the asherah pole you cut down hmm. tell somebody it's time to sacrifice the bull it's time to put the bull on the altar come on there's so much bull that the enemy's trying to feed our kids trying to brainwash our children with Come on, the LGBTQ agenda and so much more. Somebody needs to put that bull on the altar. Come on. Gideon had to put the bull on the altar, and it's time for us to put the bull on the altar. In Jesus' name. But God called Gideon to deal with the idols. That's the first, his first assignment. His first assignment, deal with the idols. The worship of Baal and idols 
was the reason they had been handed over to the Midianites in the first place. That was the reason for their bondage. The idolatry of his own father's house was the reason he was living in great oppression. The reason he was hiding in a cave, living in fear. Oh boy, it got personal. Here's your first assignment, mighty hero. Go to your father's house and tear down the altar of Baal. Cut down the idols. Hey, Gideon went at night so nobody could see him, but he did it. Sometimes you got to do it afraid, right? Sometimes you got to go on in when, it's, when you can hide and do it, but do it. Go to your father's house and tear down the altars and the idols. To walk in the power to defeat the Midianites, he had to tear down the strongholds in his own family. They have no place in you, God said, or in Israel. Build me an altar and sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. You see, in Deuteronomy 7, the Lord had said, The graven images of their gods you are to burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, or you will be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. I'm here to tell you, you have the power to pull down and break the strongholds in your family. Not by sacrificing a bull, but by the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and the finished work that he did on the cross I still believe in the blood of Jesus I still believe there is power in the blood to break every stronghold every generational curse to defeat every demon Ooh, somebody speak over your whole family right now and say I apply the blood I apply the blood Ooh. The blood is speaking better things this morning over your family. Woo! Somebody here was bound in addiction, but the blood is speaking better things. Somebody's family was bound in anger, but the blood is speaking better things this morning. Generational curses can break under the blood of Jesus. Somebody give him praise. Woo! That you're not bound to the generations before you. You're not bound to the idolatry and the sins of your fathers or your mothers. But in the name of Jesus, you can pull them down and walk in freedom. Hallelujah. God said there will be no other gods before me. He's a jealous God. He said tear them down. Woo! I'm calling you to do the mighty, but the first mighty thing you got to do is tear down the idols. There's no place for other gods or even anything attached to them, he said. You serve me and me alone. Even in Deuteronomy 16, God had said, Do not set up any Asherah poles beside the altar you build to the Lord your God. He said, are you kidding me? You're going to build an altar for me and then, a, and then an idol of something else? That ain't, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to work. And even in today, church, it's not God and crystals. It's not God and the horoscope. It's not God and positive thinking. It's not God and spiritual energy in the tree or in the rock. No, it's God. He said, I am the first and I am the last. And beside me, there is no God. There is no mixture. You have to pick a side. Tell your neighbor, you have to pick a side. You have to pick a side. You can't live in two worlds and walk in the authority of the kingdom of God. You can't. You have to pick a side. Somebody tell your neighbor, you have to pick a side. In order to have authority, you have to pick a side. If you're living, if you're in both kingdoms, you never have authority in either. So you have to choose what kingdom you're going to live in. So can you, have, you can have access to the authority in that kingdom pick a side Woo, tell your neighbor again pick a side because we got to deal with this because there's a lot of this that's happening even in the church we're embracing a lot of things of the world and trying to mix it with serving God but God said pick a side So Gideon went at night to his father's house and he destroyed the altar of Baal. He cut down the Asherah pole and he used the wood as fuel to sacrifice a burnt offering to the Lord. 
I believe I'm talking to some mighty mamas who know what it is to pull down some strongholds today. Pull down some strongholds over your family. We can't play with it. We got to break it. Come on, somebody say that. Say, I can't play with it. I have to break it. I can't play with it. I have to break it. I can't play with doubt. I got to break it. I can't play with fear. I got to break it. I can't play with worry. I got to break it. Come on. I can't play with anger. I got to break it. Come on, somebody. It's time to deal with the strongholds. The Lord said, if you're going to have authority, if you're going to conquer the Midianites, the first thing you got to do is you got to establish me on the throne. You got to establish me as Lord of all. Amen. So when Gideon pulled down the idols, the people got angry with him and they gave him a new name. They called him Jerubabel because Bill's, he was Bill's antagonizer and Bill's tormentor. I tell you what, if you come out of the hiding place and prepare yourself to enter the battle, you'll get a name in hell. And I want to be the devil's antagonizer. Is there anybody here who wants to be the devil's tormentor? Has he tormented you enough? Has he tormented you enough that you're ready to stand up and say, all right, devil, let's get bad about it. I'm putting my hair up. I'm getting on my tennis shoes. I'm putting on my sweatpants. Here we go. Come on. I want this church to be the devil's worst nightmare. In this city. Woo. I want to see the devil run out of this city in Jesus' name. The people were angry with him, but watch what happened. The Bible says, right after he pulled down the altars of the idols, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. And Acts 1.8 tells us you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Pentecost Sunday is just a, week, just a couple of weeks away, and we need the power of the Holy Ghost. If you didn't realize it by now, you're in a Spirit-filled church. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost. We need him to walk right. We need him to live right. We need him to overcome the enemy in every situation. It's supernatural miracles. It's supernatural power to see miracles. It's power to pray. Come on, somebody. When you don't know what to pray, it's the Holy Ghost. And when we pray in the Spirit, we are sending missiles into the enemy's camp. If you have not been filled with the Spirit to speak in tongues on Pentecost Sunday, you just get ready. Because there's going to be a lot of people in this house that get filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says when we don't know what to pray. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to pray? You didn't even know how to pray for that situation or that child or that, or that circumstance. But the Holy Spirit spirit the bible says he will make intercession through you he will pray according to the will of god we need the holy ghost mama you are mighty when you pray in the holy ghost you release authority against the kingdom of darkness when you pray in the holy ghost zechariah says it's not by might nor by power but it's by my spirit says the lord so here gideon is he has been clothed in the power of the Spirit. And he summoned the warriors and he put a fleece out before the Lord and he said, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, I'm going to put a wool fleece out on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is what happened. When he got up the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Let me tell you what, if God has promised it, he will do it. Now Gideon seemed a little bit OCD right here when he came again and he said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. One more fleece for a test. You see, I read that and I thought, man, he seems a little bit OCD right there. But what I realized is that Gideon was completely relying on God. God had just 
called him to do something that he felt totally inadequate to do. And when God calls you to do something beyond you, you're going to have to come before him with that inadequacy. You're going to have to sit in his presence. You're going to have to listen to what he says. You're going to have to sit in his presence and let his word begin to deal with your inadequacy until your inadequacy is confronted again with his identity. Come on, somebody. He will call you to do something so big that's so beyond you. And you will have to sit there in his presence, feeling those feelings of inadequacy until his presence comes. Until you get the witness, until you get the confirmation of who he has called you to be and what he has called you to do. You're not called to quit in those moments. You're called to sit before him. You're called to sit in his presence until his presence began to change you hallelujah he was fully leaning into God's voice and his power and this battle may be too great for you but it's not too great for God David wrote in Psalms 144 praise be to the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle he is my loving God and my fortress my stronghold and my deliverer my shield and whom I take refuge who subdues peoples under me judges 7 Gideon gathered his army but God said you had too many warriors with you If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. So tell them whoever is afraid or timid to go home. And 22,000 went home. Come on. That's real. You think you're the only one who deals with fear? He said, if you're afraid... Or timid, go home. And 22,000 went home, leaving only 10,000 to fight. But the Lord said, you still have too many. Take them down to the spring and divide the men into two groups. Those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. And a group of those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. And God said, with these 300 men, I will give you the victory. This battle would not be won by the strength of man. And there are some things that you can't win by yourself. Now, I know that we are living in the day of the DIY. Come on. Do it yourself. Build it yourself. It seems like we should be able to do it all by ourselves. But there are some things that we cannot do on our own. There are some battles that you can't do without God on your side. Without God's favor. And tell somebody, favor ain't fair. When you got God's favor, favor ain't fair. The enemy is already outnumbered. It wasn't a fair fight. Even with the odds stacked against him, it wasn't a fair fight. It's not a fair fight because God is already over. I got just tongue-tied right there, y'all. It's not a fair fight because with God, it's already over before it begins. There we go. Let me say it again. It's not a fair fight because with God, it's already over before it even begins. Woo! I feel something on that. It's not a fair fight because with God, it's already over before it begins. Honey, your battle is already over. I know you feel like you're in the midst of it, but it's already over. If God is with you, it's a fixed fight. Hallelujah. And the Lord told Gideon, they're going to know it's me. Some of you in this place, you've had the odds stacked up against you. And when you got out of your mess, you knew it was an AA that did it for you. You know it wasn't the psychic that did it for you. It wasn't the palm reader. It wasn't your horoscope that made it happen. It wasn't the power of your positive thinking. 
You got out of your mess because the Lord himself delivered you. Can I get a witness? And some of you, when God begins to move in your situation, no thing will get the credit except God. So here Gideon and his 300 men gathered. And in verse 9, it says, That night the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. Listen to that. He snuck up on the enemy and hears them talking. And the man says, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped. Oh, if God said it, he will do it. Somebody needs to go ahead and worship him in advance. If he's already told you you've won, baby, you've won. If he's already said that child is coming home, baby, that child is coming home. If he's already said, I'm going to restore your family, baby, it's already restored. Somebody throw your hands up and just worship him like it's already done. Praise him like you're going to praise him when you actually stand in the miracle and you see it with your own eyes. The Bible said that Gideon worshipped. Somebody needs to worship in advance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the Bible says that he returned to the camp of Israel. And he said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. We need some mighty mamas who will rise up and say, do as I do. And lead the next generation to be warriors that know how to walk in their own authority. Mamas that will rise up and lead and say, pray as I pray. Fast as I fast. Walk as I walk. Oh, come on, we've heard it. It's not enough to say it. We got to display it. It's not enough to talk it. We got to walk it. It's not enough to know it. We need to show it. Come on. Behaviors are not caught. They, they, behaviors are caught. They're not taught. They are learned by seeing those who live an example before them. And parents have the greatest influence on our children. So here Gideon is. He said, when I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That's what he told him to shout. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. I love this part of the story. They had fire in their left hand and they had a trumpet in their right hand. The trumpet was a declaration of war in biblical times and then they had the sword they had a sword in their mouth the sword of the Lord not a sword in their hand to fight with a physical weapon but a sword in their mouth but the Bible teaches us about the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6 and he talks about take up the sword of the spirit which is the word of God there is a fight to be fought 
and issues to be settled when you know who you are in God that we are kings and we are priests we have authority in Jesus Christ to make decrees the Bible says and that they will be established this army was impossible for Gideon and 300 men but with the fire and the sword in their mouth the Bible says the enemy was scattered oh let God arise and the enemy be scattered let God arise in our homes and let the enemy be scattered somebody needs to begin declaring his decrees over impossible situations and over your family and over your school and over your business and over that dream come on when a, when a sword is drawn it signals an offense is being launched and now is the time to draw the sword you see when we speak our fears we magnify them but when we declare the word of the Lord when we declare the opposite of what we see but what God has said hallelujah we will begin to decree a thing and it will be established hallelujah and the Bible says in this last verse, in verse 21, and every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. Whew. And every man stood in his place. They had the fire in their left hand. They had their trumpet in their right hand. And they had the sword of the Lord and of Gideon in their mouth. And every man stood in his place all around the camp of the enemy. Woo. Can you just picture it? They're standing there. The fire is burning. They have their, their, their trumpet and they have the sword of the Lord in their mouth. Oh, in order to know complete victory, honey, you need to stand in your place. Mama, don't be moved. Daddy, don't be moved. Don't budge from your place. Stay standing in your place. Keep the fire burning in your torch. Keep the word of God in your mouth. Woo! In order to know complete victory, you need to stand in your place. Some get ready to stand and then they don't stand. I'm here to tell you to stand. God's getting ready to move. Come on, somebody. Mama, stand in your place. Daddy, stand in your place. Your children are counting on you. You will see victory. As we look at this text, you will see victory if you stand in your place. If you know who you are in God and you stand in your place. If you will stand in your place and tear down the strongholds. By the strength of the Spirit, stand in your place. Keep fire in your vessel and stand in your place. With the sword in your mouth, stand in your place. If God has promised it, He will do it. Oh, somebody say that. Say, if God has promised it, he will do it. Stand in your place. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't quit praying. Don't let your fire go out. Don't let your faith fail. Stand in your place. Put on the armor of God and stand in your place. Hallelujah. Each man stood in his place and he watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic. That's what the Bible says. Shouting as they ran to escape. They began to fight against one another with their swords. Gideon's men chased them down and defeated them. And the Bible said Gideon had peace for the remainder of his lifetime, about 40 years. Israel had peace. Mm. Julia Ward Howe was after peace whenever she proclaimed Mother's Peace Day. 
what we now celebrate as Mother's Day every May. But there's only one way to know real peace. It's not something that we can do. She, she, called, she was calling mothers and women to rise up and work in their communities for peace, to begin to stand against war. But there's only one way to know real peace, and that is through Jesus Christ. All over this room, I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes because there may be some people in this room and you've been searching for peace. Maybe you came today with your mom or with a friend and you've actually been trying everything you can to find peace in your life. But the only way to know real peace is to know Jesus Christ. The Bible says He Himself is our peace. The world's peace changes with the circumstances, but God's peace is permanent peace. It's a peace that we won't find in and of ourselves, only through surrendering to Christ. And in this place today, I would not want to close without offering somebody the chance to find real peace. Maybe life hasn't turned out exactly like you thought it would and it's caused you a lot of anxiety and you just can't find peace. Maybe situations that have come into your life has caused you to be robbed of peace. Maybe you've just been searching because you know that there is something more, that there is an answer, that there is something that you're missing. If that's you, what you're missing is Jesus. He will fill that void. He will fill that place. He is the Prince of Peace. Today, if you're in this room, I want to pray with you. If that's you and you say, Pastor Dom, that's me. I, I am in need of peace. I've searched every way, everywhere. But I've come today and I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need to know real peace. If that's you, anybody across the room, will you raise your hand so I can pray for you? I see those hands, yes. All over, I see those hands. God bless you, God bless you. I want you to do something for me this morning. Would everyone stand all over this room? If you raised your hand, will you meet me down here in the front? I want to pray with you. If someone was next to you and they lifted their hands, would you scoot back and let them come out of your aisle? Or better yet, just walk down here with them. Because Jesus is about to release some peace to some people. Amen. Amen. If you raise your hand, come. I want to pray with you. Anybody all over. I saw many hands. Will you come down? Yes, yes. Hey, we're, we're clapping because this is the best decision you could ever make. It is the best decision you could ever make. Today, we're going to surrender everything. We're going to surrender everything to Him. And in exchange, He gives us new life. And He gives us peace. Amen. Amen. Anybody? Yes, they're still coming. Come on. We're going to wait for you. God had an appointment with some people that needed some peace today. I believe that. Come on. Come on. Let's give them a hand. They're still coming. We got time to wait. We got time to wait. The beautiful thing about God is, is He sent Jesus. We don't, we don't have to sacrifice now as Gideon had to do on that altar. Jesus came and He became our sacrifice. And all we have to do is call on His name. The Bible says, you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That's all it takes. Salvation is 
instant in that way. The Bible says old things are passed away and now all things become new. We walk out our salvation beyond this point and we continue to grow. But this moment right here in and of itself makes you a new creature, makes you a child of God, a recipient of his peace. Amen. So will you do this for me? Will you lift up one hand before the Lord? Put your other hand on your heart. And we're going to surrender it all to him today. Will you pray this prayer after me? Say, dear, dear, Jesus, dear Jesus, I come to you today. And I need peace. I've searched in every direction. But it has not filled me. I need you. Today, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And make me new. Today, I receive you, and I receive your peace over my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you that today I'm in right standing with God. And in that comes peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Altar workers, if you will go and pray with these. And will all you do me a favor before you leave? Will you stretch your hands out toward these and let's pray yes. for them? Listen, one thing. Man, that was, a, was that a great message or what? I'm telling you, it was so good. I was wishing I was preaching it. When she said, it's time to choose a side, I thought, man, I'm about to throw something. How many, how many of you have chosen sides and you're not ashamed of it? I've, I've chosen the Word. I said, I've chosen the Word. I've chosen the Bible. I've chosen Jesus. Wave at me if you've chosen Jesus and you've chosen His Word. Uh, stretch your hands toward these precious, and I, we're going to pray for them, and then I'm going to bless you. All the mamas, we've got cookies, homemade cookies for you. They're on the way out, and there are no fat grams or carbs in these cookies. They are supernaturally miracle cookies today. All right, stretch your hands toward these. Father, we thank you now for your peace that comes on these precious people. Lord, we declare that this is a day of salvation for them, and they will never be the same again. We bless them. Now, Father, I bless families today. I bless mothers who are here with their children. I bless children maybe who've lost parents, who's lost a mother. I bless them today. But God, I decree and declare that miracles are going to happen for mamas in this next season. Come on. I declare breakthroughs for mamas in this next season. And we receive it in Jesus' name. Do you love the Lord today? Are you glad you came? Listen, Pastor Don and I are going to go back to the back right here on the left side. We're going to sit and meet all of our special guests. If we haven't met you, stop by Guest Central in the back. We love you so much. Everybody find a mom and just tell them Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can visit calvaryfl.com slash give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.